McCrimmon's down on the ice. Down ball. Here comes Shovel Day. He'll be thrown out of the game. Shovel Day. Now Joseph gets into it. Curtis Joseph grabs Shovel Day. And the two goalies go at it. Head to head. And Joseph with three great rights to Shovel Day. They're nose to nose. Jason Twist. They're going to let him go. Curtis McKenzie wants a piece of someone here. He's going to get a piece of Ryan Reeves. Yeah. If he wants him, he's going to get him. Here they go. He's going to get him. This is a college. Reeves is the deal. Here comes this. That's right, Finley, Pronger, and Turgeon. You can't lose with those guys. Although, they kind of did. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for tuning in for the second episode of the Talkin' Blues Summer Interview Series of Let's Go Blues Radio. I am your host, Jeff Ponder. No Kurt Price, no Bill Day, uh, again. But, you know what? Uh, I think the first show went pretty well without those guys, so we're going to keep doing it. This is uh, franchise episode number 128 of season 6, episode 25 of season 6. want to thank the writers of the song you just heard. That would be Smash and Gene Ackman. Uh, obviously the name of the song, Let's Go Blues. Just a great song written in 2001. Also should mention uh, big thanks to the late Johnny Johnson for that uh, unbelievable piano solo. I do want to say that uh, if you could uh, be so kind, if you aren't already, subscribe to our show on Google Play, on iTunes, and also remember you can listen to the show at letsgoblues.com slash radio. But if you like what we're doing here, whether you like the shows with uh, myself Kurt Price and Bill Day, or you just like the Summer Interview Series, subscribing actually helps get the word out, as well as giving us a rating on iTunes if you can. Uh, Just leave us a review on there, five stars, if you think it's great. As much as I think it's great, I think you should think it's great too. Uh, We would appreciate that. That actually does help get the word out as well. The higher rated we are, the more people can find us and search. So... That's a huge help. So, uh, again, if you're enjoying this summer interview series, which I am going to try to do every week over the summer, that uh, that would really help us out. If you uh, could uh, give us a little give us a little rating there, that'd be huge. So our guest this week is the owner of the at STL Blues History account. Again, if you follow us on Twitter and you're active on Twitter. I'm sure you're already following this guy. If you're not, you're not doing it right. Um, that's a uh, that's a, a big big follow for Blues fans. Even I even know a lot of people that uh, throughout the NHL uh, fans of the league that follow him and they're not even Blues fans just because he provides so much great insight. Uh, he's kind of become a fixture on our show again. If you listen to the non summer interview series shows. He has a segment where uh, he he posts every day uh, this day in blues history, 
and we started uh, including that in our show every week, and, and it's been a, a big hit. Always gets us off in a tangent about whatever it is he posts because it's, it's just always memorable. Uh, just a wealth of blues knowledge, um, this guy. Again, we he doesn't he doesn't share his name, but uh, you don't need his name. You just need to know him as STL Blues History. Um, no, he is not uh, trying to hide from anybody. He just, uh, you know, got to respect the guy's uh, privacy. But, uh, yeah, just a big wealth of blues knowledge. Uh, the stuff he knows is crazy um he's helped me out so much when i was in the media uh you know hey late at night hey buddy uh you mind telling me you know who was the last blues player to score a hat trick in a day game and i mean he would respond within a half hour with the answer so just uh always a big help to myself and, and other guys that were in the media um and i know he he helped jeremy rutherford write his book a couple seasons ago uh which we talk about in this interview uh, we also talk about how he got started with the account, his process on how he has uh, just basically been able to put all that knowledge in one place for him to easily find. And we also talk about probably the most interesting story that you're going to get out of this, the original Blues jersey. Now, the Blues would probably show you, oh yeah, this is the original Blues jersey from 1967. That's not the actual jersey. Uh, the original Blues jersey was shown in a newspaper clipping before the Blues even came here. Uh, and he actually got his hands on it. Uh, make sure you listen to the rest of the show because it is a very fascinating story, what happened. A lot of insight that he gives on that, and, and it's just unbelievable how he ended up with that jersey and, and how he ended up putting it in the right hands, the rightful owner, I think, of that jersey. So uh, I will not go as long as I did last time. Uh, nobody wants to hear me talk. They want to hear STL Blues history talk. So without further ado, here is my interview with the at STL Blues history account. This is Jeff with Let's Go Blues Radio, and I'm sitting here with the owner of the world-famous Twitter account, STL Blues History. Um, world famous, I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but at least regionally famous, right? Yeah, I wouldn't use world famous myself, but um, more regional, little, I guess, a niche that's been carved out. Right. Now, you've been pretty, uh, I guess, pretty secretive with your your name, and, and you know, you can figure it out if you're a smart person, but um, are, is there any truth to you being part of the Witness Protection Program? Not, not that I know of, um, but the name, to me, it was always wasn't about the person doing it. It was always wanted to be about the history of the blues. So the name for me wasn't important, so I never used it, and still kind of get um, strange feeling when somebody says, "Hey, is that you?" Again, it's still not about me doing it. It's about the history of the blues. So that's what I try to keep it to, not not for myself. So you um you born and raised in St. Louis, correct? Correct. Awesome. Correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm at, actually at your house here somewhere in Missouri. We'll yes. just say that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, you've got quite the collection of Cardinals and Blues memorabilia, lots of bobbleheads. Um, was this something that you just kind of started as a kid? Was it something that uh, started when you had kids? Um, well, where did this kind of all start at? I've always collected something when I was a kid. It was really baseball cards. Then, as I got a little older, I'd say 
mid-teens found that so many people had more and better car- baseball cards than I, I did. So I su- actually switched to hockey. And at that time, nobody wanted hockey. So people, in a lot of cases, basically gave it to you away for next to nothing. So that, that's what I went with from that point on. And I guess in about 92, 92 or 93, I had like over 100,000 hockey cards. Wow. Um, I sold them all. Um, and at that point... And you made 25 sets. <laughs> I, I did very well. I'll be honest. It was very hard to do. I cried like a baby um, <laughs> when, when I sold them. Because that's what I did. I, I mean, it, that's pretty much all, all I knew. And so over the years, I've collected different things since then. A um, little bit of, bit of everything. But I guess the bobbleheads is a most recent thing. So I don't kind of have OCD till I get tired of it and then one of these days you'd walk down here and they'll all be gone probably so um, so we'll see how much longer about overall just guesstimation how many would you say you have bobbleheads and statues um over 300 wow I'd say it's impressive so would you consider yourself a lifelong blues fan yeah blues and cardinals were your um, parents big hockey fans cardinal fans more so Cardinals um, than, than the Blues. I guess I was probably, I'm 50, so I was born in 67, July. So obviously I was born right before their first game. Um, I'd say it was about what I can really remember is seven or eight when I first got the hockey bug. Wow. Um, so it's been a while. Do you, you ever play? Yeah. Yeah, I played, what, eight years? Um, Afton. Um I think they're still the best, by the way. Um, so, <laughs> Americans, right? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, played for played for eight years. Wow. Uh, midget? Bantam? Um, I'm old enough to where we didn't have Central States and all, all that they got now. So okay. My last two years, um, played my last year midget. I guess I was a junior. And then senior um, year, played for Clayton High School. I didn't go there, but they needed people, so... Um, I was an add-in, and I actually only played part of the year. You, you know how it is when you're a senior in high school, you have practice on Friday night, games on Saturday Oof. nights. That, that didn't fit into the social schedule. It was hard. Yeah, so, so I only – and I didn't go to that school, so you really didn't know anybody. So, right. So, yeah, I only played a few games with them. We had a homeschool kid on my team, and he felt the same way. I think he shut up to two games. Yeah. It was just awkward for him. Yeah, so. it was it was different. Yep. So, so yeah, I hung it up and played a little bit after that, but I I didn't did not have had the most skill. I could shoot, you know. I always had decent size, so a little more physical. Um, but again, not the greatest skater. So I I probably consider myself a little bit of a chippy player. Um, and after you know when you're playing for fun, that's kind of how I played, and that doesn't. You know, you don't want to go out there playing like that. And, right. Um, and that when you're out there having fun. So I I haven't played in, in quite a few years. So You ever thought of taking it back up? I play with a couple 50-year-olds. I thought about it for about a minute, and that's all it took to <laughs> figure. Nope. Your kids ever get into hockey, playing? Just have the one daughter, so no. So no. no. Yeah. Mm. Um, so uh, obviously you said that you've been a lifelong fan 
Um, what's your greatest memory as a fan? Uh, not even talking about the Twitter account. I mean, I think what stands out for most, obviously, the most thing that comes to mind is the Monday Night Miracle, obviously. Um, That's the easy answer. Yeah. But besides that, I wouldn't necessarily th- say there was any one single moment, really, that, that stuck out. Just the collection of memories. I mean, Dan Kelly, growing up listening to him, to me, to me that's what helped make me a Blues fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything with him, I really liked Wayne Babbage. To, you know, he just, his body broke down. Right. Um, and things like that. I like, I'm sure you heard him, Doug Palazzari and Floyd Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, guys like that. And obviously, Federko. Um, he came along right when I was really old enough. You know, I knew the Blues before that. But right. he was right in that prime sweep spot mm-hmm. of getting old enough to really have an idea of the game and everything like that. Did it uh, burn you pretty good when he was traded to the Red Wings? Or did you understand it? Well, my favorite player was Gilmore. Oh, so man. There's something we have in common. So after he was traded, you know, you kind of... And we don't have to go into those reasons. I think everybody knows those reasons. Yes. But af- after that, kind of became, I don't want to say numb to people getting traded. But so, it, yeah, I hated to see him go, but... It wasn't as big of a deal as I would have thought it would have been at the time. I think in the 80s and 90s, that was such a big thing to just trade, 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 unlike how it is now. Yeah, because it probably got easier. You had Mullen go, you Mm -hmm. had Liut, then you had Gilmore. I mean, Mullen and Liut were because of money. And then Gilmore, um, you had that fiasco when, when he went, and then Federico, so... We, we've all struggled, I think, with our fandom uh, at, at times. For me, it was uh, I, it, it was probably the, the, for me, I'm a little younger, so the 2006-2007 era, um, but obviously stuck, stuck by it, and I know you have too, but what's your biggest struggle, you think, as a fan? What was the one time period that was hardest to be a Blues fan? Well, I guess we'll go back to something I already touched on. When I sold my hockey cards... Um, I kind of had to do a break from hockey, so I tried to distance myself then. Then you have the combination of the arena, moving to Scott Trade, then Keenan, and I'd say about 10 years, I barely watched. Wow. Um, and the main reason why I got back into it was because of my daughter. Um, her favorite was always Demetra. So I'll be honest, that time period between about 94, 95 till about probably really after the, after the, um, the this lockout? season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't have, I didn't watch much. So, so you miss Gretzky in a blues jersey. I, I mean, I, I did have to watch that, that piece, but you know, so I really didn't watch a whole heck of a lot of McKinnis, Pronger. Um, wow. Turgeon. Those are my glory years. Exactly. So, wow. um, that's kind of a, what, what do I want to say? A blank spot for me. 
Mm. I mean, I, I would watch here and there, but nothing on a regular basis. Hmm. Wow. Um, so, Twitter, that started getting a craze right there in the mid-2000s. When did you start this account? And, honestly, I mean, what, what made you think to do it? I'd have to look to make make sure, but I want to say 2012, 11, something like that. Um, I joined the media in 2011. I'm pretty sure you were around. So well, you might have just started. Well, I, I was on there under, I don't know what the heck name was, just, you know, following, following people. Uh, and then I set up the STL Blues History and started tweeting the, the Blues History stuff. So when I started tweeting was, but I forget if it was 2011, 2012. Okay. Um, but the reason why... The lack of blues history that's out there, I, I mean, you don't see much of it published, put out. Even the team, I mean, they'll put out stuff here and there, but nothing like I think they should. Mm. Um, I mean, that's my opinion. But So I thought there was a hole there with the, the blues history stuff, and so I had had the information, so I started tweeting it out. At first, I just, you know, it just had... The verbiage. Then I started adding articles and stuff like that. For me, that adds more than just you know a two sentence thing that Brett Holt did this on this date. I think having a if you can attach an article or picture or box score or, or something, I think that truly enhances it. Now that's obviously more work, but if to me, if you're going to do it, do it right. That's right. Um, so obviously, you you have all of these old articles, pictures, and they're not just from one publication. How did you go about, when you decided to, to, to make it as involved as you did, how did you go about finding all this information to where you'd be able to do something like this? Well, like I, I said, I've always kind of collected something. Now I just kind of consider that I collect information. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it was from the hockey news. And various other hockey magazines. A lot of it came from there. Fortunately, now the post is available. The archives are online, um, so you can s- search that. But just media guides. You know, I have all the media guides and and that, and I've transferred them all to. Well, you've seen what I had before. Yes. PDF. So basically, it's on hard drive well i have two actually just in case i lost one or something so i wouldn't lose all that that data but if i still had everything that i transferred to pdf i mean this would be pretty much full of magazines and newspapers and and everything else so people look at me like what'd you do with those i got got rid of them i I don't i don't want the physical copy i've got a lot of them now yeah Um, my my wife's like why do we have all these yes i mean (laughs) It, it's strange because when the online craze got hot, people would say, oh, just read it online. I'm like, no, i got to have the physical mm-hmm. thing in my hand. And like I said, after time, after you get so much, A, if you wanted to find something, you had to know what issue it was. Then you had to dig it out and, and everything, and it, that was just way too much. To me, it's a heck of a lot easier um, plugging in the flash drive and doing your little thing and it's right there at your hands so 
So how'd you get the the back issues of like hockey news? Did you have to contact them? No, I I had a, quite a few already, and just picking them up here and there. Um, Hobby and, stores and stuff. Yeah, and hockey news went um, undertook project of digitizing all their back issues. So I helped with that. I provided a bunch of issues to them, and in turn, they shared with me the archives. Nice. All on PDF. So I was fortunate in there. And they put out Hockey Pictorial and Hockey World magazines, 60s, mainly 60s and 70s. So I scanned all those and shared them with them kind of to, to return the favor. So there's a, a lot archived. Um, I know this is more of a blues thing, but j- just real quick on the archives. I have, what is it? I got a terabyte hard drive, and it's at nine-something gigs worth of data. And (laughs) I'm not a data person, and, you know, a lot of that I don't understand. But there's a lot on there. Um, If there was something you were looking for, if I didn't have it, I don't know if you'd be able to find it, to be honest with you. Mm. So, um, but it's... And I'll, I'll show you when you leave, but my little setup, scanning the stuff. It, it is time-consuming, and but it'd be nice to share with people, but I don't want somebody just to be able to grab everything and all that time and effort I spent. Somebody take it. And, you know how the world of Internet is, kind of the wild, wild west. People think everything's their, their own. So, yeah. So, yeah, one day it would be nice if it would be made available just to where... People can go do a mass download and and take it. That'd be nice. Is there so so we'll see what what happens with that. So in terms of time that you've put into this, and and this is uh, this is going to be a, a hot take, I guess, for you. You you've probably put in. Would you say minutes, hours, weeks, months, or years? years. It would be years. Yeah. Wow, um, that's impressive. I don't know if it's impressive or stupidity, <laughs> to be honest with <laughs> Might you. be a little both. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, when you're sitting there doing it, it's like, what the, what in the world am I doing this far? But like I said, it's it's worth it once you get done. But it is, it does take quite a bit of time. Um, uh, do people ever assume that you work for the Blues with what you tweet out? Not really. I've been asked why. I don't work for them but kind of the thing I like is when somebody will respond like you guys or (laughs) and it's like it's only one person right you know and I don't mean no if they mean it like that's more of a saying but if they actually think there's more than one person doing it or or not but no I've do not work for the blues Um, (laughs) and I I, at least I used to have it in my profile, not affiliated w- with the Blues. They they wouldn't want me with my lack of grammar skills. <laughs> uh, what is your relationship like with the Blues? I mean, I, I obviously had conversations with them. Um, I've provided things for them. The library project, the 50th anniversary, I had a little... I don't know how to phrase it. Um, I necessarily wouldn't say I was involved, but 
had con- I'll just leave it as had conversations with them. Hmm. When I first started, providing them some info. Um, and I'll try to make this short, but if you the media guide um, has quite a few errors in it, mm-hmm. and I, you know, errors are errors. They happen. I make them mistakes all the time, but when you point them out, that's when you should try to correct them. Right. So there were the big thing was the captaincy. Um, we talked about this. Yeah, they didn't have Jimmy Roberts listed as captain. And this was, I really, to be honest, didn't really look at it too much until they had captain's night when they honored the captains. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't in there. And I'm like, why isn't he listed? And so I put together, a, I forget how many, 30, 40 page document with pictures, wearing the sea. It was a blues press photo. I mean, that's a wow. given with with the C on his on his chest. Things from the media guide, um, articles that said he was captain when he was captain too, and everything, and sent it to him. Um, and that finally did get changed. I'll be honest, I I can be quite persistent, <laughs> and I'm sure somebody there would tell you the same thing, right? Because they got several emails from me. But that one did get changed, um, and if nothing else, I know it. His his daughter. I've conversed with his daughter several several times, and it was a big um, deal for them mm. when it did get changed. Um, they were thrilled, so that that kind of felt good that that they did at least change that. Now there's one other one they need to change still. But <laughs> we, we won't go there. Yeah, um, save that for the next time. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean they they've received several emails on that one already, and um, they'll probably receive one here again in the next month or so. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. The the biggest thing with you, at least for, for me, was the original Blues jersey story. Um, now obviously I know it well. Um, I've seen it. Um, a lot of our listeners might not know the backstory, so go into it as deep as you want. But, um, but yeah, it, long story short, and I'll let you cap it off. Um, you have the original blues jersey. I did. You did. Yes. Oh. Yes. So it's gone now. Yes. So when was it? And what's it been? A year. Anyway. Actually, Brad from from Game Time, there was somebody asking about the you know the picture of Solomon and and Patrick wearing the two prototype jerseys. And this was before the Blues came here, correct? Correct. Before the their season started. Yes, and '66 is when they debuted it. But um, there was a tweet going around on the 50th anniversary um, of the Blues being awarded a conditional franchise. I mean, there's so many different. You had the conditional, then you had the deposit. And right. So, so you can use any date. Some people say the actual 50th, they weren't actually, the franchise didn't come to existence till the expansion draft on right. June 6th. So right. you can look at that date many ways. But the picture was floating around, and I get a, the Blues were actually playing that night, and I was doing what I typically do, scanning my digital <laughs> archives. And... I get a 
direct message from somebody. I had no idea who it was. He said he attached that picture that was floating around. ESPN had tweeted it out earlier that day, and he attached that, and he said, I have the white one. And so I looked at it, and I'm like, this guy's full of it. Right. I'm, I'm like, there's, there's no way. So I, I thought, what the heck? I'll tweet him um, or message him back and ask him to see for a picture of it. Um, and I think I still have the direct message, and it wasn't too much longer. He sent me a picture of it. It was hanging in his living room, and it was like I was pretty much floored um, that he had it. Let's see. It only took him from the first tweet to the picture 20, 23 minutes um, is when I got a picture of it, and Jeff's, Jeff's looking at the that is direct message beautiful, now. and I saw it when you had it in your hands, and it's it's a beaut. So then I asked him, can I see it? Um, and he agreed, so we met in Stony Rivers parking lot, Chesterfield, um, Chesterfield Mall. So I went and, went and saw it, and he mentioned for various reasons he had to sell it. Um, this was after I told him what I thought it, if I owned it, what it would take me to sell it. And so I told him there's no way in heck I can give you what he was asking. What, what he was asking. Mm-hmm. But before that, he wanted to get it back to the blues. So I did get him in contact. And I never asked for confirmation why that didn't happen. Um, but for whatever reason, it didn't happen. So then he circled back to me as and asked me if I wanted to buy it. So I told him what I could pay for it, and he said yes. So, of course, I had to check with my, my wife. After sleeping outside for a couple days. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> kind of a um, strange conversation, but just real quick on my wife. I mean, we talked about the time I spent with the archives and digitizing everything, and, I mean, and even the tweeting, if it wasn't for her, I mean... Again, we talked about the time being spent. I mean, she's been fabulous with everything. You know, she might enjoy it because I don't bug her <laughs> since I'm out of her hair. But, um, you know, she's been absolutely wonderful with, with everything. But so we, we chatted about it for a while. Um, and she said, yeah, you, you can do it. So um, told them. And then went and got the check for him and picked it up. And, uh, I mean... It might sound strange, and that that's fine, but w- when I got it from him, I was shaking. And, you know, be honest. I was shaking when I saw it. A few tears tears came down because I couldn't believe, you know, I had it. And so I kept it. And my, my main intention, well, I knew he had to sell it, and I didn't want it to go just to some whoever and just be completely gone again because it it had been sitting in his living room for like 20 years he owned it for for 20 years um my my thought was always it should be with the blues now i'm not wealthy enough to pay the money i did for it and hand it to him so i didn't need to make a profit though either so 
nothing obviously happened with that. And right after I got it, Game Time did a quick little piece on it, and one of Lynn Patrick's grandson contacted him, and they I got um, his number from, and we talked. He wanted to buy it. I'm like, well, kind of caught me off guard, but you know the Patrick family. He's the one who had it. Now right. the strange thing is, I had the white one. Um, Solomon was wearing the white one. Patrick was wearing the blue version of it. Right. But the white one ended up with the Patrick family. The blue one, I've heard different stories, and I don't know if I believe it or not to where the the blue one is currently, if that's true or not. But somehow the Patricks ended up with the white one. So, um, you know, he said, you know, hey, it was my grandpa's. I'd like to have it, blah, blah, blah. Told him what I paid for it. Again, I wasn't looking to make money, but if it went back to that family, you know, I could I could deal with that. Right. So it's like, well, I'll get back with you. Never heard from him, which is fine. So about three months later, I heard from another Patrick grandson. Um, he said the same thing. And at that time, it was a truly caught me off guard. And I'm like, I have to think about it. I said, I can't give you an answer now or probably for a couple days. Um, so long story short, thought about it. I'm like, you know what? If I don't have it, it was, it was sitting in a closet right? in the basement, you, you know. So what the heck am I going to do it? The Blues weren't going to display it at the, their 50th exhibit, you know, so people weren't going to see it. Again, it was sitting in my basement, so to me it deserves to be shown and should be seen. So I'm like, what, what the hell am I doing with it? Um, besides sitting in a closet. If somebody from that family, and for people listening, if you don't know the history of the the Patrick family, just do a couple quick searches. I mean, you had Lynn, you had Lester, you had Frank. They're all in the Hall of Fame. You had Craig Patrick, who played only a couple games for the Blues, but he was the GM of the first, you know, the Lemieux Penguins teams. He's in the Hall of Fame now. You had um, Glenn Patrick, Lynn's son, who also played for the Blues, I think, one or two, only one or two games. You had Dean Patrick, who worked for the Blues. He played for SLU um, College, and then he went on to be marketing, and he did PA for the Blues, too. So, I mean, their involvement in hockey is, is huge. No other families had more of an impact on the game. I mean, some of the rules still used today were um, created by the Patrick. So, Knowing the history of the family and talking to this one, um, finally decided, you know what? Again, what am I going to do with it if somebody from that, that family wants it? Um, get it back to where it came from? You know, there, there's nothing wrong with that. So told him what I paid. He agreed to that. I said the only caveat, you know, I don't want to make any money. Um but I did charge him. I don't know if charge is the right word. I'll say, phrase it as, he did donate money to charity of my choice. Oh, good. Um, so, again, not a dime was was made off it, and except for a local charity. So, 
that's kind of the the story on the on the jersey. Wow! And, and it was again when when he got it, a few tears came out. But because um, I I can't think of anything that would be more historic than that item. Obviously, they never wore that jersey, but that's the first thing that you can associate with the Blues that I know of. I right. mean, maybe there's some official paperwork that might be out there somewhere, but, right. you know, not that that wouldn't be worth something and cool to have, but that's paper. I mean, mm-hmm. this was a tangible item, and it, it was it was special. Shocking so. the Blues didn't take that off your hands. Shocking. Um, all I can say is I, I guess they had two chances at it. Reason why... I I wouldn't even be able to answer that. It, it does shock the heck out of me. I mean, for me, it wasn't pocket change, but you know some of the people with the money mm-hmm. that own that, at least pieces of that team, that would have been pocket change for oh. at least a couple of them. Um, so I don't know why, why they didn't, but they didn't. So it, it is with a Patrick, so... Albeit, the the one downside, he lives in Florida, so it's not like it's going to appear here or there mm. somewhere. Now, one interesting thing is it was made by the Leiby Company. Uh, they're out in Chesterfield, and they are still around. Um, they did a lot of the blues. Um, actually, they've done most of the blues jerseys. They had a falling out when the Ornest owned the, the team, but that can be a story for a different time. Mm. Um, so... I knew, I knew they they made it, so I went paid them a visit, and it was interesting. They still had the original pattern that was used for it. Wow! And so that was pretty cool. And when I took it out there, they they didn't mention it, but after I agreed to sell to a member of the Patrick family, they asked me if they could buy it. I was like, shit! I, I for some reason that didn't even cross my mind. But to me, that would have been another cool place mm-hmm. for it to be because, well, they told me it would have been hanging in the lobby so people could come Man. come see it. So it was like, damn. Um, you, you know, but I, it was too late. You know, I had already made the deal with the Patrick. I, I don't regret it. You know, again, it went to the Patrick family, um, his grandson. So, so that was kind of a bummer. I almost wish they, I would have known they weren't interested right you kind of felt like crap because they, they're the ones who made it they they were gracious enough to open their doors to show me the original patterns and some of the other right. other things and it was like i'm sorry i'm <laughs> they went to somebody else so yep well um, i mean it wasn't you didn't just move it to an ebay or you moved it no, to somebody that was worthy of receiving the yeah jersey. no there's no way i would have would have done that right i mean that like i said part of the reason why i was I think it should have went to the Blues, but that's besides the point. I wanted to make sure it didn't end up, like you were saying, the highest bidder, and it probably would have changed hands three or four times. It's it's not going anywhere now. I yeah, can, that's I can good. Guarantee that's that. good. That's very good. Um, so kind of moving on to uh, back to your Twitter account a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the meanest response you've ever received? You ever gotten any? I'm sure you've gotten a couple. You know... I actually kind of proud of myself most of the time. I don't get in back and forth with people. I just, 
you know. Sometimes I'll, you know, you type the response. Yep. And delete it, and that that makes you feel. I've better. done that way too many times. But <laughs> it's typically, I won't say I got anything really mean. People, I guess people think they're funny or something. Saying, you know, if I just recent, you know, last month or so, playoff stuff, you know, against the Kings or the Blackhawks. Oh, we've won the cup. You haven't. I'm like, I could care less. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you, you know, you just wasted. 20 seconds type in a response, you're not going to get a response, too. So I hope you feel better about it. So it's usually not from Blues fans. Like, angry fans, it's usually from other teams you'll get something. No, and I know you, you know, Hockey Bob. It was... um, (laughs) Good old Hockey Bob. About, what was it? Something with with Yo. Oh, his... The Blues record is first 50 and his last 50 games. Obviously, you know, the first 50 were much better than the last 50. Mm -hmm. And he typed a response like, why why are you picking on Yo or something? And it's not Yo's fault. And I'm like, this is what I do. I'm not, (laughs) I typed facts. I'm not typing an opinion. I didn't put an opinion behind it. And he got all bent on a shake. So he he blocked me. So that's fine. (laughs) Um, He didn't. He didn't like my response to him. But for the most part, I hold back. And I typically don't from Blues fans. I mean, people get upset when I – it's – again, I try to stick to the facts. Right. Um, I don't – I won't say I never do, but try to keep my opinion out of it. So, you know, some – might tick somebody off. There are a couple people that love Steen, which is fine. When I – something – that doesn't portray Steen in a positive light. People get it bent out of shape. That's probably the one person I get the most about. Mm-hmm. Um, just recently, I um, created a flip book, and I forget. I think it was the saga of the St. Louis Blues. Um, you know, I watermark it because somebody can download it and do do whatever. Um, it takes me time to do that, so I'm going to put my watermark on it. And if they don't like it, <laughs> tough. too bad. So he he said, "Oh, this is great, but." Um, you can't rate it because of the watermark, and that was one time I, I guess I responded, and I, so I sent him a link to where he could buy the book and a box of Kleenex, and so he got bent out of shape and <laughs> see ya and unfollowed me. Like, you know I could care less, but for the most part, it's I don't get anything too 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 crazy. Like I said, mostly people of um, fans of other teams and. I typically don't don't take the time to respond. Now I know the the media and myself included when I was in it, we've used you. Um, we have to sometimes send you, hey, we could look this up, but it's you probably already have it. Uh, what's the what's the craziest thing a media member has ever asked you to look up for them that you can think of off the top Ooh. of your mind? I know I sent you a couple. Well, and it it still bugs me because I haven't done it. Um, it's not the craziest, but you asked me um, one night on it was something in regards to hat trick, and I I still haven't looked the damn thing up for you. <laughs> um, but craziest, I can't think of from from media. I can't think of anything too too crazy. Um, I mean, there's things I get from regular people asking me just off the wall. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. Man, it, it would take me a year to find that, or <laughs> I, Elias probably doesn't have it. So I don't get anything um, from the media 
too crazy in in that regards. Um, so how involved were you with uh, Jamie Rutherford's book? Well, he'd probably say too much because <laughs> if if you know me, I I probably went overboard. But when he no. when I first started talking to him and he talked about the book and everything, I wasn't truly clear on what he was doing. So, I mean, just on, I have over 6,000 articles on the blues, blues players, just true articles that I have in PDF form. So now it's grown. It wasn't 6,000 then, but so if he said he wanted, was looking for stuff on gas off, you know, I'd send him everything I had, but that's all I knew. He was doing something on gas off. Obviously, you know, with when you mentioned gas off, probably what it's around. Right. But we hadn't got to the specifics. So I, and I'm sure he'd be the first to, to tell you, as I, I would. I'm sure I just bombarded him with more stuff. <laughs> but um, to me, I guess too, too much is better than not enough. So, but that, that book, I think was great in many ways. A lot of those stories weren't easily available. Um, and that was really the first true look. I mean, you had the note by notebook, which is absolutely fabulous. Um, you know what book I'm talking oh, yeah. about? Um, but that was more of a coffee table book. That was 35 anniversary, right? Yes. Yep. Jeremy's book had information, right? Um, which again, a lot of it, you know, some of it people knew, but a lot of it you didn't know. So that was very much needed. i kind of surprised they didn't do it in conjunction with the 50th, but mm-hmm. um, maybe it was better that it was before because I guess you don't know what else is coming out, out right. too. So, But, yeah, that that book was, was good. And like I said, I'm sure he looked through a lot more stuff than he probably wanted to <laughs> from me, but... Um, He's he's a good guy. He has patience, and so I appreciate everything he put in there. Uh, well, again, this was STL Blues <clears throat> History from Twitter. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on, and uh, um, I know you're on Twitter. Is that all you do? Or are you on Instagram, Facebook, no, anything like that? Twitter, no? Tw- Twitter is enough. <laughs> I hear you on that. Well, thanks again. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. So again, I want to thank the at STL Blues History account creator for coming on the show. Uh, a lot of fun, obviously, sitting in his house and just talking about how he does what he does and why he does it. So uh, again, if you're not following him on Twitter, I'm sure you've already heard it enough, but it's at STL Blues History. Make sure you check all of the hosts of this show out on Twitter as well. You have LGB Radio as the show Twitter. You have Kurt Price, at Kurt Price. Bill Day is at Billy Blue Note. And myself, Jeff Ponder, is at jponder94. As of right now, I have not exactly narrowed down who the next guest will be for this show. I'm still kind of working that out. Couple prospects, but uh, not showing my hand because I don't know what my hand is. So uh, I will uh, be posting that as soon as I figure it out, though, so just stay tuned with me on Twitter, and uh, if you're my friend on Facebook as well, I'll announce that. But a uh, couple of people in the pipeline just 
yet to record the interviews themselves. So thank you for listening. Uh, as again, thanks to the STL Blues History account creator for coming on. That was just so much fun uh, talking to him about everything. And thank you for listening. And again, if uh, you wouldn't mind, give us a little uh, review there on iTunes if you have it. And uh, it would be a huge help to everybody on this show and, and help us reach more people next season leading into what is probably going to be an exciting season for the Blues after what is hopefully an exciting offseason. So again, thank you, and let's go Blues!